0: Uh, yes, he is. And we're going to get to Doug in just a moment. But as always, we'd like to begin by giving you the opportunity to take home a $25 gift certificate from Sorgles. If you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020. And if you want to talk to Doug, I highly urge you to give us a call. We already have a caller in the loop, Steve from Philadelphia, who wants to talk about repotting holly. We'll get to him in just a moment. But again, that number is 866-391-1020. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. And I've been doing this show long enough to know that there are some benefits to that blanket of snow when it comes to your garden. Is that not right? Good morning, Doug Oster.
5: Good morning, Rob. I have a question for you, though. Yes, sir. What is the worst snow event you have seen in your life? And then I'll tell you mine.
0: March 1992.
5: Oh, is that Snowmageddon? Yes,
0: yes. Took Mine me, was took
5: 1978, 78 in Cleveland. They closed the schools for a week, and they know how to move snow in Cleveland. So that's the one I remember. But snowmageddon was pretty bad, too.
0: It literally took four hours for me to get from downtown Pittsburgh back to Beaver County. So Ugh. I remember it quite well. And I had to make a quick turnaround to come back here the next day. And it was also, you know, kind of a, a family member's birthday. So it was. Uh, uh, that's one that will always stand out. And when you get a snow that's significant, especially— When you're looking for the crocuses to pop up and the robins to come home, it's even stranger. But (laughs) let's face it, this is January, and listen, last year this would have been another day because we had over 25 inches of snow by this time, and this year we've only had a couple of inches. So pretty significant stuff headed our way.
5: Yeah. Hey, Rob, let me get through some of this stuff here, but I'd like to get to Steve before we get to our break, so I'll run through here as quick as I can. Yes, speaking of snow, uh, Mrs. Know-it-all will be on a little later to tell us what we should be doing in the garden uh, if we do get uh, 12 inches of snow. We'll see what happens. I have a great guest today, Master Gardener Bill Goff. We'll talk about something called winter sowing, which is a pretty cool way to start seeds outdoors without much special equipment at all. Well, no special equipment, but some equipment. Uh, Go to DougOster.com. I've got my complete story about garden trends. Uh, from my trip to the Mid-Atlantic Nursery Trade Show in Baltimore. Lots of interesting things there, what people are thinking uh, about what's going to happen in this next season. Boy, shipping is killing uh, anybody that's moving plants, moving seeds. Uh, It's crazy. Gardening is going to be bigger than ever, it looks like, uh, this season, again, for a third season. And just a reminder to be flexible when thinking about your plants. Uh, Last week, my friend uh, Marianne Hollinger called in and talking about vining figs, climbing climbing figs, and I did a little bit of research, and that is not actually a fig. Uh, Ficus pumila, I hope I'm saying that right, P-U-M-I-L-A, is a cultivar for the south. It's 8, 9, or 10 zone, meaning, yeah, way down south. It does make a fruit, but it's not a fig. And even though it's edible, it's barely edible, from what I've read. Uh, okay, uh, Rob, can we talk to Steve real quick?
0: Yes, we can. Let's say hi to Steve in the city of brotherly love. Well, they're getting ready for that big game against Tampa Bay today. Steve, how are you? Good morning. Pretty good. It's it's Pittsburgh weather
4: now. You, you sit around waiting <laughs> for the snow to warm you up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. Steve threatened
5: me yesterday that he was going to call so I wanted to get to him before our guest uh... Sure. <laughs>
4: uh how are you, Steve? Good. I this is uh, I'm almost embarrassed to ask this question but I it's uh, I've got a very small variegated uh, holly uh, bush that was left over from a window box uh, planting. Um and I didn't I wanted to pot it because it, it it it's you know, it's cute. Anyway, I realized it was still outside the other day, uh, I, I not mulched or anything like that, and I was thinking, should I just leave it the way it is? I, uh, I covered it with dry leaves, or I was thinking of waiting to a warm day and, just, and repotting it now. What, what would be a better idea to do to protect it for the rest of the winter?
5: In my opinion, would be leave it where it's at. Leave your mulch on there, uh, if possible. Shredded leaves would, would wouldn't mat down quite as bad. But anything like that will be will be fine. Uh, is is the pot movable, or is it just it's in its spot? Now this is where it's going to stay until we move it uh, permanently later in the, later in the year.
4: Well, it's in a, a protected area, so I.
5: Okay, well that that's perfect. Leave it there. Leave leave some. Uh, mulch on there and then you'll be you'll be good to go you did the right thing you're you're second guessing yourself steve
4: i do that every day <laughs> <laughs> well i sure appreciate
5: the call steve and i go way back steve has a, a pretty extensive uh, garden background you want to tell him what you used to do before, before you retired
4: sure i uh did a lot of work with the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society uh, and particularly the Flower Show. And I got to tell you that uh, since retiring, I'm still a guide there. Uh, so if if you make it down to the show this summer, which we're going to have it uh, in uh, in June, uh, we'll give you an early morning tour.
5: I am so. uh... I mean, I know it's not ideal for you guys to have it in the summer, but it's ideal for me. That I can finally see the show again now because normally the Philadelphia Philadelphia Flower Show is right at the same time we have our Pittsburgh uh, Home and Garden Show here. So I'm actually, Steve. I'm actually thinking about putting a bus trip together and and coming to see the show. And I would love to hook up with you and say hi and maybe uh, maybe myself and fifty one of my uh, closest friends can have that morning tour with you.
4: <laughs> we'll. Look, we'll keep in touch, and if you guys come down, I promise you'll get the best guide in Philadelphia.
5: Uh, <laughs> I know that for sure. All right, Steve, thanks so much for your call. I appreciate
0: it. All right, we got a great guest coming up in a couple minutes, huh, Doug?
5: Oh yeah, uh, Matt. He's Bill Goff is a master gardener, and he's talking about this thing called winter sowing, and it's it's a way to start seeds outdoors without any lighting, without special equipment. He's got some good uh, ideas for us. So if you have just a minute, Rob, I just want to talk about a visit down to uh, Richmond, Virginia that I did. I was actually doing the show last week from Richmond, but there is a garden there that I've fallen in love with. And if you're going down that way or going through Richmond, check out Lewis Ginter Bo- Botanical Garden. It is a jewel. And even last week, you know after they had temperatures in the 20s there was still so much to see and so many things that we can't grow they're just far enough uh down south that they can grow camellias without any problem and even after that harsh harsh cold weather for them down there uh the camellias were still doing their thing i posted a whole bunch of pictures at at facebook uh and my son lives in richmond and We just had the best time. And what was most exciting to me was that uh, my son was with me through the garden and he was noting the different conifers that he thought would work good in his landscape. And I was just beaming inside because I'm like, he's thinking gardening. He's thinking
0: gardening.
5: All right, Rob, are ready for our break? And then we can get a little little extra time for our, our
0: guest. All right, we can do that. We'll take a break just a couple of moments. Do want to remind you, though, enrollment is open for the 2021-2022 20, 20, school year at Agora Cyber Charter School. Agora is an online public school serving students in grades K through 12. Learn more on Pittsburgh Works with me and the folks from Agora Cyber Charter School. That's coming up this Wednesday, January 19th at 7 p.m. right here on KDKA Radio. Bill Goff and Doug Oster continue on The Organic Gardener in just a couple of moments at Odyssey 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDKA. Ah, yes, he is. And before we get to uh, Doug and his special guest, Bill Goff, Monday on the KDK Morning News, Larry and Kevin are giving you the chance to win $1,000 with the $1,000 Minute. It debuts Monday, 6.50. Answer 10 questions in a row correctly in 60 seconds, and you win the $1,000 Minute KDK Morning Show, Monday morning at 6.50 on 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDKA. Doug, it's all yours. Go ahead.
5: Well, I'm very happy to welcome Penn State Master Gardener Bill Goff to the show. We're going to talk about winter sowing, and I, I got an email from one of Bill's friends, oh, geez, weeks ago, asking me if I knew anything about winter sowing, and I said, well, I have read a little bit about it, but then things progressed, and she said, got to turn you on to Bill Goff, because that's what he does. Welcome to the show, Bill. How are you this morning? Thanks for getting up so I'm early. I'm fine, Doug. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I want to hear all about this, and... First off, what is winter sowing? How are you starting your seeds?
1: Right. Well, winter sowing is. This is something I've done for maybe the last ten years, um, and uh, winter sowing is. It's a very easy uh, uh, thing to do. Uh, you get uh, a clean milk jug. I use a gallon-sized uh, milk jug, and um, uh, make sure it's clean, very clean, and you know, get all of the uh, milk uh, residue out of there with soap and water. And then um, I use white, but you, I've also used yellow in a pinch, but uh, white seems to work the best for me. And uh, place three or four small nail holes uh, on the bottom uh, for drainage. Uh, that's really important. And then cut a three-sided flap on the side, uh, large enough to get your hand in. Um, and then I uh, put moisten the seed starting medium through the side flap about three inches deep. Um, I can, you oftentimes use a Pro-Mix that I buy at the uh, garden centers. Uh, you can also get a um, miracle Grow potting soil that works also. And for those of you who have never done it, um, it takes a bit to water, uh, the uh, to moisten the uh, seed starting medium. Um, I pour some into a bucket, uh, and then add, uh, gradually warm water and get it all mixed up by hand, uh, until you can form a ball. Uh, you don't want it to be runny, but you want it to be almost like a, uh, maybe a, a, brownie mixture, uh, sort of thick. And then, uh, I put the seeds in. I, uh, check on the seed packet to see how deeply, uh, one is supposed to plant each particular type of, uh, uh seed. And, uh, I put them in there, and then I leave the lid off. That's the important thing. You don't leave the lid on. And uh, you put them outside. I have them lined in my driveway, and it's not exactly a fashion statement for the neighborhood, but um, still uh, uh, it it works. And uh, snow and rain will enter, and and that's okay. And freezing temps uh, are okay, too. But um, some things, it's important to check and make sure that the medium remains moist. If we haven't had rain or snow for a while, that will dry out, and that, that's not good. You want to have that remain moist. And uh, you keep an eye out for germination. Um, and once the plants have germinated, uh, then if we have a freezing temperature at night, then you want to be sure to bring the milk jugs in. I bring them into our garage uh, for protection. Uh, and for the night, and then put them out again the next day. And as plants grow, uh, and they will grow, uh, you need to cut off the plastic around the top to allow the plants to grow uh, up through there. And so uh, that's about it. It, It's a very simple method uh,
5: uh, and this is a wonderful time to... I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I just was wondering, yeah, what, what is the earliest that you can do that uh, or when do you start your main crop? And then I want to ask you a couple things about uh, what you're growing in there. Yeah,
1: sure. Um, I put mine out uh, the beginning of March. Um, some people do it earlier. Um, some seeds need a stratification period. That's a chilling temperatures for the seeds to germinate. And uh, I uh, usually have a planting uh, include a planting of the uh, common milkweed. Um, and uh, that needs a period of germination, or excuse me, uh, stratification. So well, that, uh, I'm glad you brought very well. I'm glad you
5: brought that I'm glad you brought that up because when I did post uh, some some of your pictures that you sent me on Facebook, that was one of the first things that came up. Uh, that stratification is a, a a cold treatment for seeds. And milkweed is, I had two comments where people said that is the best way to germinate milkweed. so if, if you are, trying to grow milkweed for the monarchs this is a great way to do it and bill i want to talk a little bit about being a penn state master gardener because being okay, a penn sure. state master being a penn state master gardener i couldn't be more supportive for what they do because the great thing is that that guys like you are willing to share your information so what was it that want, that made you want to become a, a penn state master gardener well, this is something I've
1: always wanted to do. I've always been interested in gardening, Doug. And uh, when I retired from my uh, church job, I was Organist and Director of Music at Northmont Presbyterian Church. I uh, This is this was my goal. I wanted to take the courses and uh, to become a master gardener, something I've, I've wanted to do for a long, long time. I've gardened for a long time, and it's something I, I truly enjoy doing and uh uh if anybody's interested in doing it, I, I uh, heartily uh, recommend it because it's, it's a very worthwhile thing uh, to, to do.
5: It is a, a just complete, uh, uh, wonderful horticulture education. And as I said, Penn State Master Gardeners, part of what they do is sharing. Bill, real quick, tell me some of the things that you love to start uh, from seed. We've got about a minute.
1: Yeah, sure. I I do uh, marigolds. I do cosmos. I do. Um, uh, I've done some some pumpkin. Uh, I've done uh, uh, some of the other uh, annuals, uh, zinnias. Uh, and if you're interested in trying like uh, uh, a different type, a different cultivar, um, this is the the best way to do it. And this is the best time to do it, Doug, because it's we're thinking about the garden. And as most gardeners know, the best gardens are planned in the uh, around the hearth in uh, the month of January. With oh, you got that right, Bill. Thank you so much.
5: And surrounded so by seed catalogs and plant catalogs. So thank, thank you so much for getting up early, and pleasure. school schooling us on winter sowing.
0: All right, Rob, we ready? Yeah, we are ready. We'll take a break. Come back on the other side. we got that Janowski's gift certificate to give away. Mrs. Know-it-all still is just minutes away. And next hour, it's Coons Cooking Hour. So lots to still come your way, including Andrew Lindbergh with the latest news at 730. It is Rob Pratt Sunday, Odyssey 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDKA. Yes, he is, Mrs. Know-It-All, within 10 minutes from now. But your phone calls are welcome, so get on the line and give us a call, 866-391-1020. Tenth caller right now at 412-922-1020 was a $25 gift certificate to Janowskis. You know, another mutual friend, Andy Amron and Doug have been working on a project, and it was a big day for some ball planning, was it not, uh, Doug?
5: Yeah, you know, Aunt Andy is, is working on the South Park Theater. I mean, we're talking like major projects with like i don't know new concrete and and we were just working on the building and everything and he asked me to do a little bit on the garden and uh we had all these it was awful late to be planting bulbs but the thank goodness the, the ground wasn't frozen but the you know the project came up late to me and yeah we had these you know lots of great volunteers came out to help us and and plant bulbs uh, it was just a wonderful day uh, if you do have a garden question, before we get to missus Noah, Know-It-All, give us a call, 866-391-1020. But I want to talk real quick about another easy project for you. If you're looking for something to do garden-wise, uh, and I've talked about it uh, maybe a month ago, it's growing microgreens. And it's just, again, it's, it's, you don't need any special equipment, special lighting. All you need is just some uh, seed-starting mix, and just like Bill explained, Mix it up with some water, get it to the right consistency, and, and for me that means when, like you said, when you ball it up in your fist, it doesn't, it sticks together, but it does not drip, and that is just the perfect consistency for seed starting. And so uh, we put that into any kind of container, and then you choose seeds that are great for for sprouting. We're, we're they're only sprouting, and then we are trimming them off and, and using them in salads or sandwiches or whatever it might be. Uh, I always say for microgreens, my favorite thing to use is radishes, Uh, radish seeds. But you can do radishes, beans, sunflowers, any leafy greens, uh, lettuce, uh, herbs like basil, um, anything from the coal crop family, which means uh, cabbage and kale and collards. And all it is is just a little sprout that will probably grow maybe an inch or two tall, and then you trim them down. I've got two two of those little 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 windowsill containers uh, where I go back and forth with them. So I'll put some seeds in, they'll sprout. Then I'll put some more seeds in, and when I'm harvesting one, the other one's sprouting. We go back and forth. But you know, it just needs a windowsill. It, it you're only they're only growing for maybe a week, so that you don't need special lighting. Sometimes they get you know kind of tall and leggy, but like every part of the of the radish seedling. Is edible from the root all the way up to the uh, the, the foliage at top. Uh, where when they get, you know, when you have them out in the garden, yes, that that foliage is is technically edible, but it gets, uh, you know, it just gets tough, and you you want the root. But in these, when they're small like this, as what we call microgreens, they're they're highly nutritious, they're very tender, and if you want a little taste of the garden uh, under 12 inches of snow. <laughs> This is a great way to do it and like I said I love to throw them on sandwiches in salads it's just instant flavor. Uh I I do basil all the time too. That's that's one of my favorites. It just gives you that that wonderful uh wonderful fresh flavor and and that's why we garden is to get just the freshest stuff we can. And microgreens are expensive at the store. And so it's just it's just a fun great easy to do project on your window sill. Uh, and great for kids, too. Any callers, Rob, or do you want me to talk about compost?
0: Yeah, talk compost, winter pruning, whatever you'd like. We've got a couple of minutes here. And by the way, folks, if you want to join us, 866-391-1020.
5: Uh, so compost and composting is, is my thing. <laughs> I've been doing it for forever, <laughs> since the beginning of time. And the hardest part about starting a compost operation is informing everybody in the family that now what we used to throw everything in the trash, we're doing what's called splitting the waste stream. And so some stuff is going into another container, which goes out into the compost pile, and then some stuff goes into the trash. And so anything that once was living goes into that compost pile. The things from the kitchen that we don't want to put in there are oils, dairy, and meats because they can attract rodents. I have friends that live way out in the country. They'll they'll compost anything that was living, and they'll put a thick layer of of mulch on it every time. They'll build these layers. I kind of do the same thing, uh, only I'm, I do try to avoid anything oily or or uh, you know creamy dairy. You know, I, I throw eggshells in, but every time that I'm throwing something into this, and I just mine is built out of uh, shipping pallets. So I've got three three bins. Uh, square bins probably three foot by three foot by three foot maybe a little bit bigger That I just throw that fresh material in and I just let it fill up it takes a year to fill up one of those bins and every time I'm throwing something from the kitchen in and I also throw anything from the garden that isn't diseased in there I'm putting a layer of shredded leaves in there and I just have shredded leaves next to the compost pile and so it just it makes a layer and you know there is a, there is a specific ratio of the green, which is the, the the stuff coming out of the kitchen or garden, and the brown, which is you know could be newspaper, could be straw, could be shredded leaves. But I don't really worry about it. Uh, you can you can look online and see if you want to make it exactly right. I mean it makes that makes the best compost. But you know we have busy lives, so I'm I'm, I'm throwing stuff from the kitchen in there. So shredded leaves on top, and it, the compost turns out fine. And the the compost that you make at home, it's just phenomenal. You'll never make enough because you use it everywhere. Uh, it 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 feeds the plants. I always say the the part of organic gardening that is the most important is that soil building. And so anytime I'm planting anything, I'm adding compost to the planting hole. And I'm not just using the compost that I make myself. Uh, I, I use bag compost. It's organic. I use, uh, you know, I'll, I have a pickup truck. I'll go get it. If you really needed it, if you're building a new garden, if you need a lot of compost, they'll deliver it, which works too. And so the thing about composting is, it is this wonderful way to recycle. And you know, when we recycle our bottles and our cans and our newspapers, we're doing that because we think it's a good thing to do. But this, we're getting the direct benefit by this, anything living that we throw into that compost pile that in a year turns into compost, and you can get it quicker, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But anything that you throw in there and a year later it becomes compost, you've cut by 50% what you're sending out to the landfill, but you're getting this direct benefit of what we always refer to as black gold. Uh, but it, it, if you get it moving, you know, I've got a couple rotating composting bins that I use, And even if you have a system like mine where it's just in a bin, if you can get in there with a fork and turn it over, you know, every time you turn it over, it decomposes a little bit faster, sometimes 50 percent faster, depending on the temperatures. You're just getting air in there. And so there's rotating bins that work great where you can get compost in about 45 to 90 days, you know, instead of waiting the year. I'm lazy. And so I I just, you know, I've been – filling these bins up forever and so uh, there's always compost out there you know it takes a while when you get started but give it a, give it a thought because it is just a a, a a wonderful way to recycle and it is a great way to get um, the the bait the basis of every organic garden is is improving the soil and because when those plants have everything they need they're just going to grow like crazy and they're going to outgrow most pests and diseases. We'll always have our problems in the garden, you know, weather, insects, whatever it is. But when they're growing strong, they do a better job at fighting it
0: off. All right. Listen, let's get a break on the other side. Mrs. Know-it-all is going to join Doug. And we got one more look at sports. Don't forget, after the news at 8, it's Joe and Frank Dantzi. Everything that is cheese, recipes on your tacos, your chili and cheese fries, and, yes, not to mention macaroni and cheese, and a grilled cheese to warm you up on a cold, wintry day. That's all still to come today on KDKA. Rob Pratt Sunday. Good morning, everyone. And she's back by popular demand. Is that not correct, Mr. Oster?
5: That's right. Time for Mrs. Know-It-All. That's horticulturist Denise Schreiber. And, Denise, before we start talking about our plants, what do you consider the worst snow event that you ever went through?
2: Um. The blue, there were two, the blizzard of 77, 78, and that was actually when the temperatures got down below zero, like at one point it was like 40 below with the wind chill. and the other was the blizzard of 93. I was on a bus trip and got home that night right before it hit, and I woke up the next morning and I heard this strange noise, and I thought, oh, somebody's got a chainsaw. And I looked out the door, and my neighbor was riding up and down the street on a snowmobile.
5: (laughs) (laughs) So with the snow coming, who knows if it's going to be 2 inches or 12 inches,
2: what should we be thinking garden-wise? Well, we have to protect some of our plants, especially our trees. So as uh, the snow falls, I know nobody really wants to go out and play in this stuff except little kids go out and try and gently knock off any snow that's laying on the branches so the branches don't break. Uh, you, they're predicting a heavy, wet snow, and that's always really bad for plants. So you want to get out there and just net, gently knock it off. You might have to do it two or three times. If for some reason you can't get out there, just go out in the morning or the afternoon, whenever it stops, and just start knocking it off gently. You know, make sure that you're dressed warmly and have good footing. You know, take it easy there. For plants that are like our shrubs, especially if they're along the road, what you wanna do if you haven't done it already is put a barrier up to protect them from road salt. If not, go out and at least wrap them individually with burlap. And if worse comes to worse, take some bungee cords. I'm own stock in them, I swear to God, and just tie them up so they don't split open. Glow are notorious for splitting open in heavy, wet snow, and that's something you can do, and also, since everybody's going to be out there salting, that's really not good for our plants, so you want to try and make sure that the salt doesn't go into our lawns, our flower beds, and, you know, use something else. Make sure that the um, your perennials and everything are actually covered, and people don't think about it, they say, "Oh, snow, this is bad." But actually, snow acts as an insulator for those tender perennials and everything, and you're good to go. you know just let it melt naturally. Try not to use your if you have a snow blower. Try not to blow it onto your plants. That's the one thing you don't want to do, because that'll create too much weight on them and can actually damage them. Don't you see that all the time? Oh, it makes snow. me crazy! So makes me blowing,
5: crazy. You're looking at a poor, poor shrub.
2: I'm sorry. Don't you see
5: that all the time, where someone's blowing? Uh, oh yeah. Snow right onto a, a poor, poor little shrub. And you know,
2: in a way. Not that I'm a big fan of snow, but it's actually good for our plants. It does contribute to the water table, to you know the trees. It will melt and actually water the trees. Someday it will melt, let's put it that way. So that, in a way, it's a good thing. But you want to protect your plants. And what you can do... Or in the fall after everything's done, is start wrapping those plants up. So when we have a snow event like this and I realize we haven't had this in several years, your plants are already protected and you don't have to go out there today and do it. <laughs> because it's cold. <laughs> yeah, you know, it is cold out there. Uh have you started your planning for next year yet? Uh I have I haven't started planting but I am planning and I just got uh, a couple more seed catalogs. so I'm going to kind of look at them a little bit, and I'm going to look at some of my canning recipes on what I need so I can plan that for the garden as well. You know, Because, you know, I'm a canner. I've got to Oh, help.
5: I know. I know. I, I hope we get to a point where you can do a, another canning class uh, because so many people could, could – benefit from that and I know that you're really into it and since it wasn't part of my you know learning to garden I'm I always tell you I'm I'm I just don't know what I'm doing so it's always great to see an expert do it All right, Mrs. Know it all Uh, you're not going out in the snow are you
2: well I'm not going out in the snow but I do have to go out today we had gone out last night to a friend's house for dinner and my husband left his phone there, so I have actually Martha <laughs> Swiss. I have to drive over to her house today. It's about a forty-five minute drive for me. I got to go over there and get his phone because he needs it for work. So all right, the get, thing get I'm doing- going.
5: Get going before the snow flies. And thanks again for all the information. So I'm answering questions after the show, as always, at dougoster. If you didn't get through or were too shy, lots of gardening information there. And remember, organic garden. You make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow.
0: All right, Doug, thanks. And news coming up next with Andrew Lindbergh. Then it's the Coons Cooking Hour on KDK. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.